Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Kim Flannery Rye, who is founder and principal consultant at My Kimisms. Hi, Kim. Lovely to have you on the show. You too. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I guess we can first start off with an introduction as to who you are and perhaps an answer to the main question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Again, my name is Kim. Um, uh, honestly, why should you care about what I do? Um, I actually work in the area of diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, as we know of the massive um changes that occurred in 2020 after George Floyd's murder, especially, Uh, there was definitely, um, people like to call it an awakening, but obviously it's been something that's been happening for centuries. Um, But especially around that sort of like sand, you know, like a line in the sand has made this industry definitely much more important and uh, others to really want to know more about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's uh, what I do and why why I do it. Awesome. So uh, my next question to you is, what inspired you to join this industry and to, to become an entrepreneur? I know it's a really tough entrepreneurial scene out there. You know, it's like risks and failures galore. But I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, you founded your own company and you're doing something that you're really passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think many of us um, that are entrepreneurs, we are we have been entrepreneurs all of our lives, even if we didn't have our own business yet. Right. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, have had actually another business, um, I would say probably about 15 years ago, where I uh, started my own um, organization for supporting local artists and designers and community around that in the Northwest. So I started with about 40 local artists and designers and had about 140 different um, artists and designers that I supported uh, through that business. So I think for me, always been an entrepreneur and even within organizations that I work for, um, now that I have 20 plus years behind me, I can look at it historically back and know that I've always created even roles and new departments within every job that I've ever had. And so I think this is, it's just part of who I am and um, how I just tend to function in the world. Awesome. And so what were the best resources that helped you along the way? You mentioned that you've kind of been an entrepreneur all your life. You had a company you founded like 15 years ago. I'm curious what helped you, you know, found this company, My Kimisms? Yeah, um, so my chemisms is, again, focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, There's a couple of things that happened, really, that was probably significant in my life in the way that the change occurred. One um, is that I went back to get my master's. Um, I got my my MBA uh, through a university that was... uh, what's considered a Jesuit university. And um, for me, not particularly uh, specifically focused on the Christian religion or anything like that, but I do love their approach to and philosophy, which is all about um, ethical leadership, um, how you show up in the global commons, um, how do you impact from a social justice and um, uh, and other way of looking and thinking. And since my master's uh, and my MBA was for executives and I was a I was a working professional at the time and an executive um, that had a huge uh, shift in the way that I want. I wanted to show up 
mm. um, as an you know as someone in like I said in the world. And at that time, I was an executive um, that had uh, been in business um, and was a vice president at that time, and um, working at a business to business marketing, a uh, digital marketing uh, organization. Mm. Um, so I think that also helped me really set up really looking at it from a business foundation uh, fundamentals and how I can approach um, my new business moving forward for sure. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I would agree that that experience that you had with your first company would probably carry over into your second. And that's really awesome that you kind of were very expertise when setting up your second um, company. But I'm curious as to in this second time that you had, uh, you set up your own company, what lessons did you wish you would have known before starting in the field of diversity and equity and inclusion? I think um, just like many of us that are in this field, we have very uh, very diverse intersections that are us. And doing this work is both pretty internally um, can be traumatic as well as as you're trying to teach others. So really understanding the balance of how do I, oh, my apologies, while people are coming in and out of my space, um, how do I really um, balance that, that emotional burden, the emotional impact that has on me mm-hmm. while I'm trying to support others um, mm-hmm. in their learning journey, mm-hmm. right? So I wish I had probably a little bit more understanding about that before I really got started. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's it's part of the journey, I think, in any entrepreneur, certain things. I definitely learned a lot of things from my first business and then all of that business experience um, to bringing into this one. But it, it was definitely um, that one wasn't, I wasn't ready for, for sure. Well, at least you learned that lesson and you saw it as a learning opportunity and you didn't kind of like shy away from the opportunity because of that. Um, because obviously at the end of the day with diversity, equity and inclusion work, you are dealing with people's lives, people's stories. And yeah, I think you took that very well. Yeah, thank you. And again, we're in still in part of the pandemic. So you get to see real life happening as uh, oh, my partner's going through a puppy's going through my house and um, some of those adjustments. Yeah, that we do just I think in general. So oh, yeah. that's that's just the work from home ethic, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then sort of talking about learning opportunities. Um, what would you say throughout your career was your biggest failure? And what did you learn from it? I think the biggest failure, I think, um, especially as an entrepreneur, is that feeling like you have to do it on your own to be mm-hmm. successful. Um, and that is, I mean, a failure waiting to happen every stage along the way. Because, you know, as we know in life, we can't do things on our own. And there's always um, a group of people that are there to help you succeed and that they're more than happy for you to tap their resources, uh, their community, the way that they can support with their expertise. And I think, you know, ultimately, that is something, um, even still to this day, that I still don't always leverage in a way that would make me more successful, I think. Uh, I think that that's part of that independence, or maybe feeling like, uh, you know, you know, feeling like that I um, don't want to show up looking like a failure, or that need help, or all of those things that sometimes that we go through as entrepreneurs, um, uh, the difference between how you want to like show up externally and how you really, you know, behind the scene, like what's happening behind the scene. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. That's some very helpful advice. And sort of speaking about advice, what would you give as a piece of, of advice to somebody who's wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Oh, around diversity, equity, and inclusion, I would say for sure, just like um, the learning that I had, which is know that it is, it can be an emotional term, uh, emotional um, journey for you throughout the process and be open to that and know how to rest in a way that can be um, healthy for your conscious and your body. Um, It's going to be really important. And then of course, really understand that even in diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're not, you're also on a journey and you're going to step in it a lot Mm. too. And know that you, this idea of expertise or an expert, I always have a hard time sort of wrapping my mind around that because I always believe that we're always um, students, always learning. And so I think approaching it from that perspective of knowing that, that you are also going to fall into all those, um, I would say, traps of being a human of doing things where um, unintentionally or not uh, going to, you know, fall into the things that you're trying to teach others and how to avoid those. Mm, definitely. That's some very helpful advice. And um, obviously you are quite the seasoned entrepreneur, so you've probably seen it all. Um, what is one common myth about the entrepreneurship industry that you would like to debunk right here, right now? Oh my gosh. So this idea that entrepreneurs are, um, their ideas are just like, boom, light bulb moments, Mm. right? I think that's what a lot of times people have. And that is definitely a myth. Um, Most entrepreneurs, I think, in general, they they probably have thought things through. They're looking at things where um, there's gaps in certain areas that they're like, can feel Fill, a, um, fill that gap, or that um, they're not necessarily innovators, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, they are maximizers. And there are um, uh, folks that can really showcase certain things where um, it can um, make whatever that next thing or that they're launching um, to solve something else. And just because you're an entrepreneur, that doesn't mean uh, this is one of the other myths is that it's because they can't work for anyone else. I think I've showed it throughout history. I've worked for several amazing other founders and entrepreneurs and also um, enterprise companies. And I was able to sort of have that entrepreneurial spirit within those organizations. So uh, it's not because we can't work for someone or that we don't want to work for someone. There's certain things that we're trying to solve and there's a way that um, may have not been able to do in a different context. Mm, that's awesome and um, obviously as an entrepreneur you're probably really really busy but what is one thing that you've read or listened to recently that's really inspired you um uh, so I read a lot because of um, the space that I'm in and also for my own learning I think for me one of the biggest impact that I've had this uh in the last year of um uh, reading is cast. And um, I think just this idea of history and Black history is American history and the way that um, the idea of why it's so important when people say you have to look at history from all different angles and sides because there's been so much whitewashing when it comes to our historical reference. And I think just the way that she was able to write in the idea of also systemic racism and various ways that it shows up. Um, that book cast has been like just 
wow, it's definitely not only just this last year, but probably one of the most influential books I've read so far in my life. I've definitely heard that book is definitely one to pick up so I'll make sure to check it out um, yeah. and then following on from our conversation you obviously um, I think entrepreneurship can sometimes be a lonely industry but a lot of people have got to realize it doesn't need to be so who are three people in your life who've been the most influential to you? Oh, uh, Michaela Ayers. Uh, she is also in the DEI space. Um, um, she is an anti-racist um, community builder, and her organization is called Nourish. Uh, she is one of the uh, probably most influential person because we tend to really work together a lot in this space as, as um, consultants. It can be pretty lonely. Um, I would say um, one of my original, um, original, <laughs> one of my uh, managers and mentors, Anika Liri, uh, uh, who is a woman, again, a founder, entrepreneur, I mean, just a kick-ass woman who is just understands her place of privilege and white power that she has and she shares the wealth shares the space um and all of that is just phenomenal and um and just I can't I can't say more about how wonderful um she is and then I would say um the third person really has to do with um and this is really hard for me because I want to sort of like put in put them in a group is it's what so I would bad. yeah which I would I would consider uh, my chosen family right my chosen family those are the friends that have been with me I have friendships that have been 23 plus years strong and they're the ones that are my you know trusted advisors that I can go for anything and everything who will be there to hug me while I cry, who will, you know, bring me champagne to celebrate, who will drop anything and fly, you know, to the place that I need um, for the support that I, um, that I uh, craving or need, or didn't even know I needed at the time. And so um, that amazing group of people, me just saying my chosen family, they'll know, even watching this, uh, they'll know who they are. So they're just some of the most amazing people that I've had in my life. Amazing. Yeah. And then finally, to round off our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? <sighs> don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> Honestly, don't, don't take yeah. yourself too seriously. Even, even in like deep work, I would say in diversity, equity, and inclusion, like it just, it, you can't, you can't take things, you can't take yourself too seriously. Right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And what a lovely way to end on. So thank you so much, Kim, for taking the time to speak with me today. It was truly engaging to have this conversation. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you reaching out and um, great talking with you as well. Thank you. Bye bye.